We continue to count down to the 2023-24 NHL season, and we continue our look at our Pacific Division rivals with a look at the Calgary Flames next on Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. And of course, we're on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years, the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast. It's a weekly NHL review show. That's been putting out content for the past 17 years and, of course, a passionate L.A. Kings fan for 30 years. We continue our look at the Pacific Division and the other teams in the division. And this week, we are going to talk about the Calgary Flames. And to help us do that, we are happy to welcome in one of the co-hosts of Locked on Flames. She is Jess Belmosto. You can follow her on Twitter or the platform formerly known as Twitter or X or whatever <laughs> it is, at Jess Belmosto. And you can follow Locked on Flames at LO underscore flames pod. Hello, Jess. Hello, Eddie. Thank you so much for having me. We're glad to have you on and uh, certainly interesting things to talk about when it comes to the Calgary Flames. So let's start with last offseason. And it was a crazy time for the Flames. Uh, you lose Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk, but you bring in Jonathan Huberdeau and Mackenzie Weger and Nassim Kadri, and you're like, okay, this is going to be okay, I think. <laughs> Um, but it wasn't, uh, and, no. and we, 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 uh, we didn't see the flames back in the playoffs and there's been a lot of things going on since, which we're going to get into in a moment, but I guess overall, generally speaking, what happened with the flames last season? It was just one <laughs> thing after another, like the, a bunch of the players kind of summed it up perfectly saying everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And it just felt like they were never going to turn the corner. It took Jacob Markstrom until early March to get a shutout. They didn't win three games in a row until March. It was just not a good season. Uh, Daryl Sutter, obviously, doing Daryl Sutter things. And it wasn't well received by the players. And the players went to Brad Tree Living and Brad Tree Living tried to have it handled uh, by Murray Edwards, the owner. And he said, no, I'm not firing him. I, I don't care. He's my friend. So there was just a bunch of uh, crossed wires and different approaches, I guess, to the season. And none of no one was on the same page. They weren't even in the same book. Yeah, well, Kings fans certainly know uh, the highs and the lows with Daryl Sutter. Certainly a guy who, at his best, can get you to a championship level, but at his worst is someone who he's not easy to play for. That's certainly a, it's not a secret to anyone in the hockey world. Yeah. Uh, and, not, and frankly, not easy to talk to as well as in the media. Um, but the Flames did end up firing Daryl Sutter, and they lose their general manager, Brad Treely, being in the process uh, because I, I assume it was after he 
had asked to make a coaching change and ownership said no, that he's like, well, I, what power do I have here? Exactly. I'm going to go elsewhere. And he ended up resigning. It, it seemed like an incredibly dysfunctional situation because they end up firing Daryl Sutter anyway, and they lose a pretty good general manager. Yeah. So it, it was a uh, contract year for Brad Tree Living anyway. So it was kind of up in the air either way. I think like like just a general consensus from uh, fans and the media, they weren't really sure because it, it truly could have gone either way. And I think that a lot of the pushback or lack of uh, support from ownership probably did have a play in that. And it, it's not easy to work in a workplace. I think most everyday people have experienced when there's like a weird dynamic between management and yourself and other employees. It's not, it's not easy to go to work. And I think firing Daryl Sutter came after supposedly seven players submitted trade requests and then they were magically rescinded once he was fired. So I think that the exit interviews and all those fun end of the season meetings really forced uh, the owner's hands. Well, you do have a uh, new leadership now with the flames, uh, a new general manager who at one time was a former King in Craig Conroy. You've got a new head coach in Ryan Huska Conroy, a first time full-time GM. He had been in the front office in the organization. He, so he gets a promotion and Huska as well, right? He was coaching in the uh, in the AHL for the team, and uh, he's now a first-time NHL head coach. So, uh, obviously, two very important hires. Uh, what are the thoughts on on these two guys to lead the Flames forward? I like it. I think that it was a comfortable decision. Uh, sometimes you just after the year that the Flames had, I feel like they needed some sort of familiarity. They needed people who were familiar with the organization and their dynamics, and that had witnessed and been a part of the turmoil from last year to really ensure that nothing like that was ever going to happen again. It's a professional sports team. Stuff's going to come, come up and, you know, someone's going to be annoyed or whatever, but it does not need to spiral the way that it did. And I think, you know, Craig Conroy was kind of groomed for this position under uh, Brad Tree Living. So it's great to see that. And Ryan Huska has brought in a lot of really great uh, assets in the coaching uh, department as well. So I'm really excited to just kind of have this clean slate heading into October. You mentioned Jacob Markstrom, the goaltender for the Flames. Jonathan Huberto, I mentioned earlier, coming over as a, you know, a very well-respected player with the Florida Panthers, but it just did not work out in Calgary. Mm -hmm. uh, clearly, these are two very important pieces. Um, Huberto is signed long-term. Uh, how optimistic are you that those two having a bounce-back season? Well, first, do you are you optimistic they'll have a bounce-back season? And how important would it be for the Flames for that to happen? I don't think they could repeat last year if they tried <laughs> their very hardest. So I think, you know, it's, it's exciting to um, – look forward to that because you want to put all the bad stuff behind you. And I think that the both of them have kind of talked to the media and said that they are ready. They're, they're excited to prove that they didn't just forget how to play hockey and that their talent's still there. I think that Huberto's finally settled 
in Calgary and, you know, moving from somewhere that's sunny 12 months out of the year and to freezing cold Calgary where you need a heated driveway, uh, that that can be a little bit of a culture shock. So I'm sure that that played a role in uh, his struggles last year. And I think with Markstrom, we know that he isn't that kind of goaltender. He can be better than that. And even if he he doesn't need to do what he did two years ago with the Vesna candidate season, he can just be a slightly above average league average goalie and the Flames will be fine. Well, a former King, Tyler Toffoli, uh, ends up being traded in the offseason to New Jersey. Igor Sharangovich comes back in return. Second straight season, though, the Flames have parted ways with their leading scorer. Um, other than that, not a lot of offseason moves for the Flames, so I guess they're counting on a new head coach bringing in kind of a breath of fresh air and the guys who we mentioned bouncing back. Um, is just having a new head coach, you think, enough to get the Flames yeah. back on track? No. <laughs> um, I think that they have struggled in a lot of the fundamental part of the game, you know, speed, uh, shooting, having someone that's able to finish. And just there's just been a serious lack of that, obviously, with Matthew Kuchuk and Johnny Gaudreau leaving. And I think that their hope is that they can get one of their prospects like Jacob Pelletier or Matthew Coronado to pop in the NHL. And we're just going to have to see because I don't, I don't really know what their game plan is. Well, we're going to talk more with Jess Belmosto about the Flames and the Pacific Division, but coming up next, we're going to get her opinion on the LA Kings and see what she thinks about some of the things they've done this offseason. We'll do that next here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Hey, football season's about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all season long because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you get bonus bets every time that team wins in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for each victory. You can use that for point spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. All right, we continue with Jess Belmosto, the co-host, one of the co-hosts of Locked on Flames. Uh, as I'm sure you know, uh, the LA Kings made a pretty big trade this offseason. They shipped three players off their NHL roster and a second-round pick as well to pick up Pierre-Luc Dubois from the Winnipeg Jets. As a Flames fan, uh, what did you think about that trade, and do you see this being a plus or a minus for the Kings this season? I am so happy for him. I think that it's truly a good fit I think that he'll be happy there and it's just I don't know he's gone through enough early on in his career I think that some stability in LA will be fantastic for him I think that this is great for LA too because you know he is still a young player and he's in his prime right now and the Kings are looking to continue their postseason success and hopefully make a real run at it with this younger team that they have. Now, I know you're obviously focused on the flames, but you keep track of the other teams in the Pacific division as well. I'm sure at least a bit. Uh, is there anything going on with the Kings right now, other than the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade that you're impressed with or that you're concerned about, or just any general thoughts on where the Kings are right now as a team that's 
made the playoffs two years in a row, but hasn't gotten out of the first round two years in a row. I'm very interested in their goaltending situation. I think that, I mean, you have to do what you have to do. You move players and then you have Phoenix Copley and Cam Talbot and David Riddick. Mm-hmm. Two former, former flames. Yeah. Uh, to me, those two are, you know what you're getting with them, but I'm interested to see how the starter does because he is, he's still young and uh, what, what is there? What's, what's in his tank? How much, how much does he have to prove? Now we're going to talk more about the Pacific division in a minute and just kind of the league as a whole, what they did last year, what we think they might do this year. Um, But I guess the obvious question would be, you feel confident that the Kings are going to be a playoff team again. And with the moves they've made, in particular, getting Pierre-Luc Dubois, do you think this is finally the year that they – well, we'll see if they play Edmonton again, but it's been two years in a row. Uh, can they escape out of the first round of the playoffs this season? I want to say yes. I think that, you know, they'll be back in the playoffs. I mean, the Pacific Division has definitely gotten more competitive over the last three years, but it's still not – you know, as tough as like the Atlantic and that's fine. As long as you make the playoffs, you make the playoffs. But I feel like if it's anyone but the Oilers, probably, but you have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl right there. And you're just, it's impossible to stop them. I mean, good luck to anyone that that tries. The flames couldn't get past them either. So it's all about uh, hopefully not playing the Oilers. Yeah, that might help a little bit. Uh, but I think the trade for Pierre-Luc Dubois, um, I-, I think there was a feeling that, okay, Vegas is still probably pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. They've had a few minor losses, but still going to be a contender. And-, and Edmonton is still Edmonton with those two amazing superstars. So I don't think the Kings felt real comfortable just kind of running it back again, right? They felt like they needed to do something kind of bold and, and make a move. We all thought it was going to be a goaltender. It turned out to be Pierre-Luc Dubois. Does, do you think that kind of thinking makes sense in, in what they did? 100%. I wish that more NHL teams were more aggressive when it came to trades like that. And, you know, not to just kind of tiptoe around their needs. If you need someone that is young, that provides consistent offense to your team, go out and do it. It doesn't matter if your friend is a general manager of this team. Just do it. Doesn't matter. They can be upset with you on the golf course. <laughs> is there any it. is there any particular player on the Kings? I don't know if I I would use the word you're a fan of, but is there anyone on the Kings that when they come to town you're like uh, this is a guy I like to keep my eye on because of what he can do? I um I actually flew out to LA and saw the Flames play uh, the Kings over, oh gosh, back in March. And I was so excited to watch Kopitar. I think that he, I mean, he has the reputation that he does for a reason. And it was just so exciting to see that in person um, and just watch Andrew Doughty. I mean, you just, you got to appreciate that. <laughs> appreciate him for what he is. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of us, when P- Patrice Bergeron retired with the Bruins, we, we see a lot of Kopitar in him, right? He's kind Absolutely. of Kopitar West, uh, yeah. obviously great two-way center, but just classy, kind of the way he does it on and off the ice. Uh, it just always seems to do the right thing. He's just kind of a great representative of the organization. Maybe, 
I mean, they weren't the same style of player, but Jerome Aginla, who yeah. was very briefly a king, uh, yeah. certainly coming back to the Flames, right, as mm-hmm. playing a role in the organization. Just one yeah. of those real respected guys that every team just needs to have their core kind of built around. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that those players are the ones that, you know, in 20 years from now, we're going to be talking, we're still going to be talking about them because of the legacy that they left behind in their organizations. And maybe they're what's ahead of them now, because we don't know what, what could lie ahead for them coaching or scouting or whatever it may be. Yeah. And I think uh, as Kings fans, we're starting to see, you know, the finish line, well, Drew Doughty's still under contract for a while, but we, we saw Dustin Brown obviously retire. Jonathan Quick gets traded away. So you've got, you still got Kopitar and Doughty, but I think we're all understanding the end's coming soon and uh, it's going to be hard letting go of those, uh, those legendary players like that. I'm sure as it was for Flames fans when, with Jerome McGinley as well. Mm-hmm, absolutely. All right, we're going to get uh, more into the Pacific Division, get uh, Jess's thoughts on that coming up here in just a second on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Hey, be sure to check out Locked on NHL. It's your daily show to keep you updated on everything going on around the National Hockey League. That's Locked on NHL on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Jess Belmosto is the host of Locked on Flames. We've got her for a couple more minutes and before last season, uh, there was a lot of talk about the Pacific Division being the worst division in hockey. Well, lo and behold, they got four teams in, and three of the four teams advanced out of the first round. Of course, one had to be eliminated because they went head-to-head, and unfortunately, that was my Kings. Um, but we And we had a Pacific Division team go all the way and win the Stanley Cup in the Vegas Golden Knights, for better or worse. Um, so uh, what do you think about the Pacific uh, sustaining the success they had going forward? Do you think four teams again, or could we even maybe see five teams out of Pacific this year? I truly think it could be four or five, just because I don't know what the stars are going to do this year in the central. And I think those are really, well, I guess Colorado too, because they have some injury questions, but I could absolutely see, you know, Edmonton, Vegas, LA, and maybe Seattle and hopefully Calgary Hmm. making that push because believe it or not, the division has gotten better. And I think that people are hopefully finally going to start noticing that. So you think the Kings are going to make the playoffs judging by your comments. Uh, Is there a clear favorite though in the division? I don't know because I mean, we always say Vegas. I feel like that's just the easy Uh, answer but after last season and we all know that teams typically have this little Stanley Cup hangover into the next season but they always find a way yeah seriously (laughs) I with their injuries and just uncertainty there I do really question if they can still be a front runner Uh, but I would say that Edmonton and LA are kind of neck and neck for you know runner up i guess let me get your thoughts on something real quick kind of uh, off the cuff uh we saw vegas be able to win a cup with a rotating door of goaltenders uh, i was talking with jd young the host of locked on sharks uh, not long ago about could you believe aiden hill is a stanley cup winning goalie and you know jacob markstrom is one of those guys who's kind of you're, he's going to 
you would think at the lion's share of starts, he's one of those goalies you build around. But in LA, they've kind of got a 1A, 1B. We saw with Vegas what they were doing. It kind of seems like maybe the trend around hockey now is uh, don't invest so much in the goaltending position. Build the team around him, and the position is so good that you can kind of get away with just having a good goalie but have the, the team around them be really, really good, and, and, and that's the way to kind of go forward maybe. What do you think about that? I completely agree. I think that – your goalie should he shouldn't be your most expensive player but it should definitely be someone that you know you can trust obviously in net but you you want to make sure there is a good team in front of them because i mean if you have a swiss cheese defense and your poor goaltender is left out to dry you can't really you can't do anything you're not going to win and you know all Pistons have to be firing in order for for it to be successful. And I think, you know, with goaltending, it's so it's such obviously like a specific specified skill. Like I couldn't go out there today and join a beer league and be like, I'm going to be goalie. Couldn't do that. But with the NHL goal goaltending only getting better, I, I really think that teams should start taking that approach. It is interesting with the LA Kings in that going into last season, they had Jonathan Quick and mm -hmm. Cal Peterson. They were making combined over $10 million for those two guys. Yeah. And now this year, completely two new goalies in Phoenix Copley and uh, Cam Talbot, and they're making just over $2 million a season. So what a difference a year makes. And frankly, yeah. I think those two guys are probably better than that tandem was last year. So you've upgraded and yet you're paying significantly less. So I get that the, the goaltending is still a concern for a lot of people with the Kings. Mm -hmm. I understand that, but now knowing what they're paying them and what they were able to, to pay other players, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois signed long-term, Vladislav Gavrikov got to be re-signed to play defense. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that's kind of a template that a lot of teams are going to be looking at going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when you do save $8 million on, goaltending you can put that into a top six forward because that's probably what you're going to be paying and it's great because it's just it's another spot it's more money in your pocket and that's what this it's all about in this cap era just looking again back at the pacific does it seem pretty obvious that there's the four haves and the four have nots uh you've got vegas edmonton la seattle Although Seattle, I don't know. Who knows? I, I kind of want to see it again. Absolutely. But, but I do think that they're definitely heading in a, in a very positive direction. And then you've got Calgary, Vancouver, San Jose, Anaheim. It does seem like there's a clear kind of divide, right? Split down the middle yeah. from the Pacific. Absolutely. And I feel like that's one of the unique things about the Pacific because you can actually pay attention to certain, just you know which teams are going to be good. And it's, you can watch them a little more closely and look at your opponents and see, okay, this is what they're doing. Or if you just want to watch good hockey, you can watch those teams. Don't watch the flames. <laughs> well, well, I don't know the flames. I think a lot of people, if you were going to pick a fifth team out of the Pacific, mm -hmm. I'm pretty, I think a lot would go with the flames, either the flames or the Canucks, although Vancouver, yeah. uh, I just don't buy. I, I know they always say, oh, look at how they finished the year. They got a new coach. Well, they did that with Bruce Boudreau yeah. and it didn't work. So I don't really have a lot of confidence that it's going to be Rick Tockett doing the same thing. But 
Um, the Flames, for all their issues last year, as you well know, they only finished two points out of the final wildcard spot. So, yeah. and we know there's a surprise every year. Certainly it was Seattle last year. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? How, how, what's your optimism? What do you think the level of optimism is that the Flames can make it back into the playoffs this season? I think that it's there. I think that there's absolutely a possibility. I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, this is, they're running it back with a very talented team. I don't think that anyone would discredit that. I mean, you do have Jonathan Huberto, Nazem Kadri, and then, you know, your defense is one of the best defensive cores in the, in the league. And if you can get Markstrom going, you know, just saving like three more goals a week that you're going to be fine. And I think if you can squeeze into the playoffs, that's all you need. You just need to get hot at the right time. They finished with more points than the Florida Panthers who made it to the Stanley cup final. So you truly never know. Well, we'll be keeping an eye on the Calgary flames. I think they could be a sneaky good team this year. We shall see. But Jess, it was great to uh, get your thoughts on the Flames, and thank you for sharing your thoughts on our Kings as well. Always nice to get the perspective of someone else around the league on your team. You think you know what's going on, but you're you're kind of sometimes you're too close to it, right? You want yeah, to get a step back. Bubble. So it's it's great to see to get somebody else's uh, perspective. Appreciate that. Uh, best of luck continued with uh, Locked On Flames. Again, you can follow Jess on Twitter at Jess Belmosto and the show Locked On Calgary Flames at. LO underscore flames pod. Jess, it was great to uh, get uh, your thoughts. Appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us and continued success with Locked on Flames. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Jess. And for you, everydayers, uh, those of you that listen and watch every day, also want to remind you coming up on our Friday show, it's our weekly Kings fan feedback show. Your questions, your comments, anything about the LA Kings. You want to email me, it's lockedoneddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E. And as always, you can leave your comments on the YouTube episodes below. Stay interactive with the show on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Locked on LA Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thanks as always for listening and watching this episode of Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, go Kings go.